brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This hour is brought to you by Jeremy Temple Law Office of Bloomington. Personal injury, criminal, business, whatever you need, Jeremy Temple Law Office will get you taken care of. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. We'll all be Well, come on, boy, welcome aboard. Indiana Sports Beat with Coyle Larry here on this Tuesday, February 18th. Come to you, of course, from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios. Jim Coyle, got Jake at the wheel, keeping us on the track. And, of course, our running mate, Todd Larry's here. Hit us up on the text line, 812-269-6367. Share the broadcast out to your friends and neighbors. Get it to them. On the program today, Dana Hunsinger Benbo from the Indy Star is going to join us. Looking forward to talking to her. She she did that great interview with Todd Leary that you saw in the Indy Star uh, on Bob Knight's return. Chronic Hoosier also with us as well. Lots to get to. Indiana basketball, of course. John Beeline in the news. The Daytona 500. Plenty to get to, Todd Leary. Plenty to talk about today, man. How's it going? How come John Beeline was mentioned right after Indiana basketball in the news? That was kind of... Because there's not a lot going on, kind of a kind of mental slip on your part. Nah, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I, that's not strategery. It was strategery the way you put that in there. Strategery. I love that word. Strategery. That is one of my favorite underused. words. Underused. It's an underused. It word. is a very underutilized word. Strategery. Uh, no, John Beeline. Yeah, he's definitely been talked about a lot, but uh, it's just cracks me up. I mean, uh, I, I look at just because you almost have to, but I, I see the social media. With, I mean, Archie Miller is not going anywhere. Like him, right. dislike him, whether you think he should be replaced, don't think he should be replaced, doesn't matter. He's not going anywhere, folks. They have to pay him. His contract is guaranteed through a certain point, uh, and they have not reached that yet. So that means you'd have to pay him 100% of his remaining salary. So unless you got a, uh, a heavy, deep, pocket with it and you're ready to write a check for about 12 14 million just roll on and and, and i'm not saying whether i would agree with it or not but there's yeah, only, there's only just... one person in the world in my opinion right now there's only one person in the world that indiana would do that for and yeah that's brad i agree stevens. i agree that's with brad you. stevens i agree with you because i don't know that there's no one else that you could take that kind of a risk on yeah and yeah. that's what it would be as a risk. But and again, I'm not suggesting this. I, I'm just I, I know that this this has just been a heavy 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird how it's been on all the, you know, we watch all the, uh, we watch all the fan talk and boards and all that stuff. And it's, it's pretty crazy how, um, you know, every time things are not going well, that everybody starts discussing other coaches and, and that stuff. And I mean, I just, that, that's the one thing like I will disagree with people on to the, till the cows come home because it just doesn't make any sense to me why you jump ship like that. I mean, the things, things are not, uh, you know, it, it's only been three years. That is a short window to judge things on. Exactly. And if you go back and, and, and John Beeline is a classic example. If you look at his three year record, um, Archie is, I wrote this down yesterday what Archie is. He's got a winning record at least, you know, he's over 500 a little bit. Um, He's something like 53 and 46 there, but 57 and 42, I think. You know, it's kind of close to 500, but he's he's over 500. John Beeline in his first three years, 46 and 53. So uh, Mike Krzyzewski, the same thing. Now, we're talking about a, a different time, but it's not that long ago, number one. Number two, it, like Todd's talking about, you, you got to – you know, you're, you're mixing in two completely different styles of play with coaching-wise between Tom Crean and um, – Archie Miller, and I'll be honest, I, I, I'm not. You're talking about a completely opposite offense, which I really don't. I've had trouble. Figuring yeah, I mean, out really. I mean, the the difficulty right now is, you know, you and I talked about this to start the year out, and I think last year's team struggled with it all year long, and and it, it's something that we talked about early, and then we've just kind of gotten away from it because I think later in the year you figure you shouldn't have to say this kind of thing anymore, but. But Indiana needed to establish an identity and what they were going to be. And we thought that was going to be, you know, a running team that got to the free throw line a lot. And, and early in the season, they did that. And now, like if I asked if, – if I just walked down and or asked anybody that watches Indiana basketball, you know, what what's their identity? What would you – how would you describe them? I don't think that they would have – I don't think they would know. I don't think they could say it. And, and that's the – that's why – fans are getting frustrated. I mean, even Archie Miller's teams at Dayton, I think, you know, you felt like they always relied on defense. You felt like that anyway. And I don't know if that's because they didn't score very many points on offense, so you knew they had to or what it was. But, but I mean, that Michigan game was disheartening from the standpoint of defensively. That was, that was Tom Crean-style defense right there. I mean, that was terrible. Like, it was – they were they couldn't stop any – they couldn't stop the outside. They couldn't stop the drive. They couldn't stop the inside passes. It was it was bad bad defense and you know that that's that's where you, I don't know what their identity is. I I watch you and I watch every game. I rewatch it numerous times and I can tell you I don't know how I describe this team. Jennifer says I watched the Archie Miller show last night. People want him gone and they are brutal in the comments. So much negativity. I want them to win, but people are nuts. Yeah, they, there's no doubt to that, Jennifer. Well, people and, are nuts. And, people are know, nuts. The, the you know the part of that that I'm sure Archie Miller understands and takes into account, and and I hope like the average person takes this into account is the people who are going to write something or say something are the ones who are going to be negative. The people who have something positive to say, especially after a loss like that, are probably going to keep quiet. And you know that's so you're going to hear from more of the negative side of things, and that's just kind of people's human nature is. People feel like they need to criticize. But, I mean, if you don't have, you know, I say this all the time, if you don't have a solution, you know, you don't, don't 
don't be so quick to judge it or criticize it. And and these people who are criticizing don't have any authority to make any decisions or, or any any fixes. So yeah, and, and we can sit here, we can talk about this all day, we can talk about it all week, we can talk about it all month. But like I said to start the show, Archie's not going anywhere. Anybody, he's not leaving unless he decides on his own to leave which that ain't going to happen he's making three and a half million dollars he ain't leaving and and they're not going to get rid of him right now um i understand though where some of the fans are coming from i mean because there's so much talk that centers around effort with this team that's a that's what i think bothers people as much as anything uh but also i don't know that because i don't see progress with these teams each of these years not only have I not seen progress, but I've seen regression with each team as the season goes on, and I haven't seen that change. I have not seen them come out of that. I've not seen them hit a bounce like we've seen Ohio State and Michigan, Michigan do. I, I've not seen that in these teams uh, under him. So I understand the frustration. I'm not suggesting any change needs to be made, should be made. I'm just saying I do understand the, the frustration, and I know where it's coming from. In, in your opinion, let's just throw this out there just for fun. So, in your opinion, if this if his contract expired this year, if it was a three year original deal, and his contract expired this year, would you renew his contract? Me personally, yeah, no. If it was that situation, absolutely not, because then now you're you're putting your situation in to where they they recontracted with Tom Crean and gave him a big boost, and then it cost them an extra two years they had to wait to get rid of him because it put him in such a financial bind, much like they have done here by guaranteeing the salary through uh, five or seven years, whatever it was. They're already in a, they've already handcuffed themselves. So no, there's no way I would renew because now then you're, you're putting yourself into five more years of that. Yeah. But what if it was three more years? I mean, that's what I'm saying is, is if it, I don't think Indiana fans are going to take three more years of this. Yeah. I don't know. I I just uh, so then that from what I said prior to that, and then this. So who would your solution be? Then? I, I see. Then that's that's the great question because people who say anything close to what I'm saying, that is the very next question, and I don't think any of them have an answer, I, including me. I mean, if if you want to, you know, in a perfect world, you've already said Brad Stevens. That how, that that's not likely. No, that is very unlikely. Op- it's not an option. So yeah, it's, I mean, yes, it's not even. It's not even. Yeah, not only is it unlikely, it's not even an option. Like you said, um, I, I don't know. I, I, Chris Beard maybe, but I don't know what the solution is. I know that there appears to be a problem. Now I'm not certain if that is the case, but there appears to be an issue because, like I said, my issue is seeing the same thing now three years in a row, seeing these teams regress three years in a row at the end of the season, see them get worse, see them not producing. That's what's scary to me. Now, I understand that he still does not have a full complement roster of his players, quote-unquote. I don't know that that should matter when it comes time to getting kids to play for you, Uh, but again, I understand where the frustration is coming from, but I, there's not no changes coming. And you know, yeah, I mean, I, I want to see. Here's what here's what I'll be interested to see next year. And 
And I know you've heard me a lot talk about they need they need somebody that can shoot the basketball. And I know people shoot that idea down a lot and say it's a lot deeper than they just need somebody that can shoot. And and to some degree, that's true, but also to another degree, that's not true. Because you look at the game against Iowa and they made shots and everybody thought everything was, was roses and candy again. And, and but, but I want him to recruit somebody. And it may be Anthony Leal and it may be Trey Galloway. I'm not sure. But I want him to recruit somebody that can come in here and is a vocal leader. Okay, I'm so tired of hearing. I'm so tired of having the Romeo Langfords of the world that are quiet. You know, even if they're leaders, you know, they're quiet leaders and stuff like that. Okay, well, we've got a whole team full of those apparently. And and this right now, the leadership falls on. I, I've given this a lot of thought and watched a lot of what's going on. The leadership right now falls on Rob Finnessy and uh, Armand Franklin. Because those are the two guards that Archie Miller recruited and he brought in, and that's where so so those are his players and those are the people that he brought in to lead this team, and 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 you can't bring any more any more quiet leaders. If Rob Finnessy's a quiet guy and it's just not in his nature, then quit recruiting those guys and fi- or recruit some of those and have one guy that's a loud mouth leader that's going to tell everybody where to go and what to do. And when Archie Miller needs to get something across to the team, he goes to that guy, he tells him what needs to happen. And that guy goes and takes care of it with the team. And that's the disconnect I see right now with this team. I don't know who Archie Miller's, uh, you know, uh, Michael Lewis or Tom Coverdale, or, or I don't, I don't know who that guy is for him. I I think that I agree with you. And I think that's a big part of the problem, but I think it's a big part of the problem because he's not there. Because he has needed a leader. He has needed a backup point guard. He's needed a shooter for this entire time. Has not gotten either of them. Has not gotten them. You, you, when you're around your kids, you know But he's only is. had two recruiting classes. So that's why I'm saying we have to give him a little bit of time with that. There's no doubt. Again, I'm not saying that he's had enough time. But my concern is what I am seeing – I'm not seeing progress. I'm not seeing player development. Uh, I'm seeing regression three straight years. I've seen his teams get worse three straight years and struggle right to the bitter end and not come back. I've seen them when they multiple times where they have just needed an all-out effort and just not giving it. And I don't understand that. I just I don't care who you are. I don't care who I'm playing for. Man, I'm playing to win. I'm playing for me at some point. You got to play for you, play for your own pride and to win and to succeed, whether that's guarding the guy you got to guard. And and if if that's your, your deal, you're not meant to supply offensively, but your deal is to be a defender. Then be the best damn defender. You can be play for you, have some prize. I'm not seeing that. And I can't imagine all those guys are without pride. So it just, it just brings up a lot of questions is all I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but when you're talking about playing with pride, I mean, you're blaming the players, and I am too. Like, absolutely, I'm, I'm, absolutely, I'm, absolutely. So those guys are the ones who have to step up and There's do something, something differently. But, but you know, but I'm wondering, I, I get, is there something that has really pushed them to that point? Why? How can that many kids? How can that many kids not play like that? Is I guess is the what it leads to. Yeah, I mean, th- there's been too many games they had to win. That Purdue game, you had to win. Last year, first game in the Big Ten tournament, you had to win. I mean, those are games that get you into the NCAA tournament. And and those and not winning those games, that's when you can start to ask some questions because these guys have to dig 
within themselves and be able to to pull out that win. No and it's not what. just the not winning; it's the not showing up. That's the bigger thing. Is is you're not competing. Uh, and that's the biggest problem is, is to me than losing is not competing. I agree. But uh, we got lots more coming up, man. Dana Hunsinger, Ben Bowles from the Indian Star is going to be with us. She did that great article with Todd uh, a week or so ago after Coach Knight returned. If you didn't read that, you missed out. It was a pretty good one. Trying to with us today as well. But uh, stay tuned, Dana. She's with us next. We're back with plenty more here from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios. Indiana Sports Beat Coyle Leary back right after this. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Speed. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, Bold burgers and ice cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs. Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let Drs. Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. I'm Rain Shaddy, and I'm a Hoosier. As a toddler, you could always find me running around in a cream and crimson onesie and a red IU hat reminiscent of those worn during the world-famous William Tell timeout, shouting, Go Hoosiers! Like many other alum, I chose to make Bloomington my home. As a civic and alumni leader, I have become very knowledgeable about our community and would love to share my insights with you as your realtor. Find me on Facebook or call or text me, Ryan Shaddy, with FC Tucker Bloomington Realtors at 765-623-9093. Now that warm weather has arrived, it's time to hit the links, and there's no better place than the Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. Voted best golf course by the readers of the Bloomington Herald Times, the Golf Club at Eagle Point is under new ownership, has new fairways and bunkers, and it's open to the public. When the round's over, there's cold beer and a full menu at the Eagle Point Pub and Bistro. Call 812-824-1100 to make a tea time. That's 812-824-1100. The Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. This is A.J. Moyes. This is Dan Dockett. Hey, this is Michael Lewis. I'm an Indiana basketball player. This is Indiana football coach Tom Allen. This is Jim Coyle with Indiana Sports Beat. You can always like and follow us on Facebook. Always follow the show rebroadcast on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify. The DailyHoosier.com is a great place to sign up for each and every day. Or, of course, on 97.7 The Ref in Evansville. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. 
Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hey, it's Michael Lewis, former Indiana University player and current UCLA assistant basketball coach, and you're listening to Indiana Sports Beat. Today's guest is brought to you by Reynolds Family Dentistry of Sellersburg. You need a million-dollar smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you'll get with Reynolds Family Dentistry. Welcome to Indiana Sports Beat here on this Tuesday, February 18th. Coming to you from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios. Jim Coyle and Todd Leary with you as always. Joined now by Dana Hunsinger Benbo from Indy Star. Dana, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Great, great. Uh, great piece you did with Todd last week. We saw that. I don't know how you squeezed all that good content out of that, but you sure were able to. Hey, once Todd gets talking, you know how that goes. It's the subject. Believe me, I know. You're giving her a lot of credit. It's the subject. (laughs) See what I mean? Exactly. See what I mean, Dana? I I knew what you're going through. Uh, I'm sorry. I missed that. I said, said, just trust me. I know what you were going through. Dana, I was telling everyone it was the subject that wrote that article. I mean, I basically wrote it for you, but, but you know, we'll give you the credit, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, you know, it's just a fascinating bird's eye view from you because we had seen what had happened, like, on the court and and the, some of the emotions, but to get it, you know, firsthand from someone who was back there with him was just fascinating. Yeah, it was fun. You know, You know how Coach Knight's guys are. A lot of times – you know, everybody's afraid to talk about what happens behind the scenes and all that. But that's kind of that's kind of the funny part is those days are over. And I mean, it, you don't we don't have to hide and don't have to not talk about stuff anymore. And it's just kind of it was kind of a, an uplifting day. I felt all the way around for a lot of the former players yeah. and now fans. Well, I was uh, in April. I covered his center grove. I think I was telling you I covered his center grove uh, appearance, and that's when I. I just remember the audience like looking around at each other, like what is going on? Because he was just, I mean, there were several things that happened. You know, I don't, I don't know if you saw the article, but he, you know, he told everyone that Landon Turner had passed away. And I mean, people were Googling on their phone, like what? And he was telling about some, you know, when he coached the Olympics and he was talking about Michael Jordan. And then he told the exact same story and replaced Michael Jordan with Damon Bailey. I mean, like the exact same story. Right. And so it was. It was really, really sad. It was. Yeah, and, and I was, read your. Just, I read the article yeah. back then, and I had I had seen him at that point, and so you know, I I kind of knew the scenario and knew you know the state that he was in, but but it was it was weird for people to kind of question. I don't know if you, but question the article as to whether. Um, you know, whether you should write that. And I'm like, it's exactly what happened. Like you didn't make anything up. Like you didn't, you didn't embellish anything. You did. You said exactly what happened. People don't want to see their heroes. Yeah, diminish and, I, and I don't either. Neither right. yeah, none of us do either. I mean, I, I no, I'm, just, I'm just saying that sometimes it, you, you don't have a choice. Reality is reality. Right. They, they just, they have to force themselves to deal with it. And because you can't not write about, it. I mean, Dana's not going to write about it. It's, it is the story. You don't not do it. So well, they're just going to have to get over it. 
Well, that's the thing. There were like a thousand people in that gym. What if they woke up the next day and read an article about how funny Bob Knight was and how because right. he was funny. But like, what if I hadn't included that? Then it's just like those people are like, "What? That's not what we were at," you know. And so people did. I mean, the backlash was incredible. The love for Bob Knight is—I had no idea until I mean, they just want him protected, I guess. Um, but you know, like I told Bob Hamill, then quit putting him out to speak. You know what I mean? Like you, right. you put him out in that position, so. Yep. Nope. You're right on the money. I mean, it, it's, and I'm the same way. Like I pretend, look, I, I feel like I have the right to, to say what's on my mind about him and all that. But if I hear somebody else criticize him, I'm the first one to jump to his defense and, and, you know, yeah. it's like a family <laughs> member. And it, so it's, I'm the same way with it. It just is, I'm also not going to, you know, BS everybody. I think he'd be mad at me if I BS everybody and yeah. acted like everything was, was roses. So it's, it, you know, it was a good article. I think that you've done, I mean, I, that's why I enjoy talking to you and you, you know, you can speak to this better than anyone. And, and Jim knows like you just pretty much lob a softball up there and I'll talk for 20 minutes and, <laughs> and you can pick out one or two little pieces that you want out of it. And, and that's what we'll use, but you did a great job on both articles. Yeah. Well, and, and how Danny, did you, like, I know you talked about this on the show, but how, I mean, did you, still see glimpses like of his his spiciness and funniness like it or was i mean how did you find him really no i mean it back in um back in november when we had the event that he showed up at at the bluebird we did i mean we sat in a room after he was up on stage and all that i mean then we sat back in a room and there was uh you know matt nover and brian evans and steve green and john leskowski and myself and we were all just sitting back there talking about you know, stuff. And he was someone that had brought in a picture of, of him throwing the chair across the floor and ask him to sign it. And he was telling us a story about it. And he still had, you know, he, he had some, you know, he, he still had some, some vigor in his voice. Like, you know, he was still kind of aggressively talking and all that. I didn't, we didn't see any of that, you know, last week, like last week he was, he seemed weak and, and I know when he got out there on the floor, like that whole thing with Vital, like that was, that was close to becoming a catastrophe. Like I'm, I, I, I don't know what Vital was thinking when it came to grabbing by the head and all that. But I mean, you know what that's like. I mean, you just can't. Anyone who's dealing with some of the stuff Coach Knight's dealing with, I mean, you can't, you can't go grabbing them and especially around the head and yeah. in the area like that. Whatever. I'm not trying to make something out of it. I'm just saying it. You know, I didn't see. He he seemed the decline in him from November the 16th at the Bluebird to, you know, last week at assembly hall was pretty dramatic and it was, it was scary to see. Dan, yeah. You're from, you're, you're from Greenwood. So you're from around here. You get to do a lot of other things as well. Now you had just had an opportunity to go to the uh, NBA all-star game. Were you at the all-star game? Did you go up there? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, they sent me up for all-star weekend because Jay Michael, who's our Pacers beat writer was like relaxing on a beat somewhere so because um, <laughs> it was his break so yeah they sent me up for Sabonis and it was it was really cool at media day to see I mean I was shocked because I was expecting it to be me and maybe Chris Woodlick from Channel 8 like at his podium for availability but all the um the world like you know journalists from all over the world because his dad was such an amazing European player they were all just like crowded around and asking questions and he was flipping back between answering us in English, answering them in Lithuanian and 
he had some diehard fans there. So it's pretty cool. And you get to enjoy this being a local person. Where did you start? Was the star your first job? Yeah, I got really lucky. I was at the Noblesville Daily Ledger, which is now the song covering um, government. And um, they, like, within a year, the star called me up and asked me. So I went over to cover government for the star. And then I ended up on sports. So I've been there for 20 years. Yeah, like right out of college, kind of. And the sports, is that where you want to stay? Is that the area where you want to stay in? Yeah, and, you know, I don't usually cover, like, day-to-day games, you know, play-by-play, but I love finding – I think sports is just, like, I know everyone says this, but it's, like, it's really life because it's winning, losing, victory, you know, persevering over things. So I love finding, like, the stories about just the athletes who have overcome things and – um, that type of thing. So yeah, I love, I love that. Well, when, when, when your only thing to compare it to is government, like we're not really taking that, <laughs> we're not taking sports all uh, that, uh, in the good light there, because if government's the only thing you're comparing it to, that's an easy win. Uh, well, I actually did go to the business desk. So I was covering, I was reading their, you know, their earnings. So that's my other comparison. I had a, like Simon property group and all those, Fortune 500 companies in India, I was responsible for like covering them. And so every time a quarterly earnings report came out, I had to go over it. So yeah, that was my other option. So yeah, yeah. sports for sure. Yeah, and you talk about the article you did with Todd. I know that Todd got some backlash because some people didn't like the fact that he was just being honest uh, about what some of the things that's going on. Tomorrow on the on the program, we have your colleague Greg Doyle on. He got a little flack because of the question he asked Devonte Green uh, at one of the recent oh, games. Oh yeah, people are yeah. funny when they don't understand the, the, the context of things. How they can go off? People don't understand always the context of how things are. And I've been in that that press room way too many times when asked a player when they haven't played well or whatever, and they've just laid an egg and they say, well, we just didn't come out to play and that's it. And you want to know, well, what does that mean, man? You got to right. go on. So uh, I, I don't, people don't understand that there's a lot more to it than just meets the eye. And I am telling you, you guys know this better than anyone, The IU sports fan base. I'm serious. I mean, I know I haven't been out of Indiana, but I was, I mean, like at the AFC championship, in 2015, I was there, and I saw it from New England fans, but I swear there are not – I mean, I cover Colts, you know, Pacers. There are no fans like IU fans. I mean, <laughs> they are diehards. So if you – you know, if they think you slighted or asked – yeah, Doyle, I mean, that was crazy, the, the people on Twitter attacking him about that question. Yeah, it's yeah. nuts. And the people question whether Indiana's still a die or a blue blood. Trust me. Once you are, you are. And the fans, they are exactly. It's a religion. It's a religion in this well, it, and, and in today's world, the hard part of, of accepting that, you know, in our world and what we do, you know, I guess in the media side of it is fans feel like they can sit back and write on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, or whatever they want to write. They could write how bad somebody played or how bad Archie Miller sucks or how bad, whatever they want. But as soon as one of us asked the question to a kid, Oh my gosh, you get attacked by everybody that, Oh, how could you ask a yeah. kid that he's, he's a 19 year old kid. How could you put him in that position? And you're just like, man, give me a break. Hey, 19 year olds can serve our country. So I think he's all right. <laughs> hey, hey, this Todd, is what, this is how did you re- 
respond? How did you respond um, when people came back at you about talking about it? Did you... You know, here's the, here's the easy part. Here's the easy part with this. As long as I always tell the truth, I can always back it up. And I have, yeah. I mean, I didn't say anything that wasn't, that wasn't a hundred percent true. And I didn't say anything that didn't happen. And I just witnessed. And, and you didn't I, say anything with malice either. All it I wasn't... did was repeat exactly what I saw that was right. in front of me. I, I also understand this and, and I'm a firm believer in this, in that, you know, there's stuff that happens in the locker room that you just don't talk about. I mean, you want to talk, you want to talk to me. If somebody, you called me up to do an interview about Neil Reed getting throat punched. I mean, I'm not going to talk to you about it, but but if you want to talk to me about what happened in a reunion game 30 years after I played there. Yeah. I mean, that's not protected by anything. I mean, that's not, there's no, there's no code of conduct I have to worry about that I shouldn't (laughs) talk about that's out there. And, you know, my grandfather, who was my favorite person in the whole world, had Alzheimer's slash dementia. I'm not even sure which one it ended up being. I was so young at the time, but I feel like I can talk about Coach Knight in the way that he is because I've been through it and I witnessed it. And I saw one of my favorite people in the world suffer from it. And so I see Coach Knight doing the same thing. And I'm not saying it to gain attention. I sure don't want to talk about it. I I hate it. Um, but, but, I mean, when yeah. someone asks me the question, I'm going to answer it. And I, that, so that's always been when it comes to this stuff, I don't understand. I, I do believe, I, I'll, and I'll go to my grave with stuff that, you know, if someone asked me, some wrong person playing in a golf outing asked me about Coach Knight and, you know, in practice and things like that, I'll tell them the stories that they should be able to hear. I'm not going to tell them any craziness. But, you know, I, if somebody asked me about something that happened at a reunion 30 years after I played, I have no problem yeah. telling them about it. It's it's what happened. It's right. facts. So, I mean, I was in a room with I was in a room with 200 other people out there. It isn't like I told anything. That anyone you could ask Matt Nover the same stuff and he's going to tell you the same answer I did. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, mean, I yeah, think everyone thought. Yeah, it, it, it's just you know. Here's the thing: like, I I want to protect Coach Knight too, like I do. I mean, even after, even after everything, years years later, I mean, he's not been good to me since I left there. But I don't care. Like, I love him. He was my coach, and you know, I'll, I'll, he'll always be that to me and I don't need anything more from him. That's, that's kind of the difference. I think a lot of guys have always been afraid to say something negative and, and because they, you know, they're afraid down the road, there'll be some repercussions. Like I don't need anything from him. I, I got my five years, they got my education and I moved on and, and, and yeah. I, mean, I just, I don't feel like everybody does that. And they're afraid that, that there's well, going to be some backlash. Yeah. I, they, they sent me to Reno in October at, uh, Alford embarked on his new career after UCLA, and he. I was asking him about um, night, and he's so you know so cautious. And I know he talks to him still, or he said he did. I mean, it's, it's harder now because Katie was telling me, Dean Katie was telling me he used to talk to him on the phone, but it's harder now, you know, to even have sure. a phone call with him. But Knight was super, or Alford was super like cautious about saying anything he didn't want to talk about it so um i just think it's like i don't know i guess everyone deals with things in their own way so yeah i mean i that that just became an issue where and and i had some people ask me questions about it of why i would say this or that and i just said it was it was facts of what happened it wasn't my opinion it wasn't like it was i wasn't trying to talk bad about him or anything like i hate it i i hate the fact that he's suffering from that but the facts are what they are and and i mean what are we supposed to you know just just ignore it i mean that he would he would be right. the last person in the world that would ignore this situation so i i mean yep. i learned this from him 
Yeah, he was the most blunt, like, tell yeah, it like it is. Straightforward. So I yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yep, for sure. Well, Dana, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today. What What do you have coming up next that the folks need to make sure they, they get to and read there in the Indy Star? Oh, yeah. Well, the guy that created the Fossless fourth quarter in the NBA All-Star Game is from Indiana. Or he's like he, a Ball State professor. So, he created um, the what? I did the- that that the clockless fourth quarter they used in the NBA All Star Game on the Eli on Mending? Sunday night. The Eli, yeah, Eli Mending? Mending. Yeah, yeah. So he's a professor at Ball State, and so I did really? something before the game that I caught up with him yesterday to talk about what it was like to watch his ending play out. So that's coming today. That's awesome because all I've heard from everybody is how incredible the All-Star game was. And, man, that is the last thing you ever hear about an All-Star game. I know. I know. And it was awesome at the end. It was like walk-off, free throw. You know what I mean? It was, like, so cool. So, yeah, he's very excited. And the NBA is working with him to possibly um, institute it in some format in the league. So are you kidding we'll have me? To see wow. I know Mike DeCourcy is not a fan of it, say for college basketball. Uh, we, what is the tournament that they've been, they use this in, in the summer day. Now there's a tournament that they, that it started in and they use, I can't remember what it is. Yeah. It's actually called the basketball tournament. TBT. That's it. So yeah. TBT. They, yeah. yeah. And Chris, yeah, that's what it is. And Chris Paul was at, uh, I talked to him Saturday and he is, like a huge, like he's been working with Adam Silver trying to get it somehow put into the league. So it just avoids all those last, you know, those boring fouling to get to the free throw line and all of that kind of stuff. So, Well, that's amazing. I didn't know the guy was from Ball. I did not know the guy who came up with that was from yeah. Ball State. Yeah, he is. You, you will know that after you read the article now. Absolutely. Yeah. Make sure you make sure you get to the Indy Star and find that because I cannot wait. I'm a subscriber. I, I subscribe, so I cannot wait to to read that. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, Dane, awesome. I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. We really appreciate. It. Look forward to doing it again. Hopefully, for sure. Have a great day. See you. You as well. There's Dana Huntinger Bimbo from the Indy Star joining us here on Indiana Sports Beat. Uh, yeah, Todd, we got to get that guy's name and contact info from her. Have him on. I did not realize that. That's kind of cool, but that that blows me away that they're looking at possibly doing more of that at the NBA level. But man, they received a lot of support. I would not count on that becoming a, a thing. <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. Hey, that we got would, lots. We would have never had the Reggie Miller eight seconds in. Uh, you got that in right, New York City. Exactly right, man. Hey, we got a lot more coming up here on Indiana Sports Speed with Coyle Leary coming to you from the Golf Club Eagle Point Studio. Stay tuned. We're back to finish uh, out this hour right after this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. 
Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let doctors Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. I'm Rain Shaddy, and I'm a Hoosier. As a toddler, you could always find me running around in a cream and crimson onesie and a red IU hat reminiscent of those worn during the world-famous William Tell timeout, shouting, Go Hoosiers! Like many other alum, I chose to make Bloomington my home. As a civic and alumni leader, I have become very knowledgeable about our community and would love to share my insights with you as your realtor. Find me on Facebook or call or text me, Ryan Shaddy, with FC Tucker Bloomington Realtors at 765-623-9093. Now that warm weather has arrived, it's time to hit the links, and there's no better place than the Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. Voted best golf course by the readers of the Bloomington Herald Times, the Golf Club at Eagle Point is under new ownership, has new fairways and bunkers, and it's open to the public. When the round's over, there's cold beer and a full menu at the Eagle Point Pub and Bistro. Call 812-824-1100 to make a tea time. That's 812-824-1100. The Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. This is A.J. Moyes. This is Dan Dockett. Hey, this is Michael Lewis, former Indiana basketball player. This is Indiana football coach Tom Allen. This is Jim Coyle with the Indiana Sports Beat. You can always like and follow us on Facebook. Always follow the show rebroadcast on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify. TheDailyHoosier.com is a great place to sign up for each and every day. Or, of course, on 97.7 The Ref in Evansville. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, All things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hi, this is A.J. Moyer, and you're listening to Indiana Sports Beat with Jim Coyle. This segment is brought to you by Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. Well, that gets you fired up. Welcome back to Indiana Sports Beat. Coyle Lee with you here on this Tuesday, February 18th. Coming to you from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios. Just wrapped up with Dana Hunsinger, Bimbo from Indy Star. Fun interview, man. She's fun. Can't wait to have her back on. Yep. She writes a lot of good stuff. She does Absolutely. Good job. I'm looking forward to that article she's talking about, the Elam ending guy. Had to get his name. But the fact that I did not realize that guy was from Ball State. That's amazing. we got to uh, try to get him on here. That would be a, a unique conversation. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting, uh, you know, it's a twist. I don't think that we'll ever see, you know, college basketball or or, or any, the it, NBA it, or anything go to yeah. it. But, I, but something for like the G League or that 
TBT and all that stuff. I mean, that, that is interesting. That is, that, it's yeah, something it's, that gives it a different, uh, you know, a different viewership than just watching your typical game. And you've got to be different. Otherwise you're just like everybody else. Right. I mean, who's going to want to go watch it? You've already got a thousand basketball leagues out there. So right. Yeah. He's got to be something. It's like the XFL today, like what it's doing different with having everybody in the league over 50 years old. I mean, that's cool. (laughs) That's a cool thing. People will watch that. (laughs) Yeah. they. uh, So a bunch of fat old men out there. It's just exactly what everybody wants to watch. Looks like a bunch of me and you's out there. I mean, it makes no sense. Daytona 500 didn't talk about that a lot yesterday. It, it wrapped up yesterday. Uh, we I, we talked about it on the show that it was coming. That was, a, I think, only the second time in 67 years that it would finish on a Monday. And, man, what a finish it had. Wow. Yeah, that I final mean, I, lap. that was incredible. I mean, that, that scary, interesting, I mean, exciting, everything, all in the last two laps. The good news is Ryan Newman, who was leading – the Daytona 500 on that final lap from South Bend, Indiana. And uh, as you know, if you watch NASCAR races, those super speedway races, they usually don't end well. And this one did not. As he took a shot, he got out of sorts and and ended up going to the air, flipping, and got hit hard sideways. And they've made that pretty damn safe. NASCAR is pretty safe. If, if he survived even, that crash, they've made it pretty darn safe. Well, he did, but nasty. he's in he's in serious condition, but non-life-threatening injuries is, is what you want to hear, and that's exactly the situation. Don't know how serious he's hurt, but I'm sure that it's it's bad, but it's not it's not life-threatening, and that's all you care about. And so the only way we would make this comment is because it's non-life-threatening, thankfully. But, but I mean, how close of an ending is that to uh, Talladega Nights? I mean, the I movie just, Talladega Nights, where he flips upside down and, and finishes, at the, very last line, finishes yeah. the race, finishes the race upside down. Well, and, and unfortunately, it brought back a lot of memories of Dale Earnhardt right, Sr. Sure. He sure. died on that same fourth turn. You yeah. know, you're coming out of turn four at Daytona where this this all kind of happened. And it's the same area. You're like, oh, wow. Because, and, and you know what? Hmm. Like you, you, you know, things happen for a reason. And, and you hate you hate that it had to cost a life at the time and all that. But but there's a. There's probably a strong possibility that Ryan Newman doesn't survive that if it weren't for Dale Earnhardt and all the changes and improvements they fact. made to the safety That's after that crash. Because you, are, was, you are right on. If this happens 20 years ago, he doesn't yep, survive For sure. That. Yeah, no because way. Because the, the, the very things that took Dale Earnhardt, he would have survived had he had the, benefit were, right. of the stuff that he his crash brought forth. The right. safer walls. If you notice the walls, they have the safer barriers. Right, yep. That was one thing that would have saved him, I believe. And then the that's called the the Hans, the head and neck system. That is what ultimately I believe took his life with his head snapping, snapping forward. Right now they use that Hans device, and that came directly. Well, it was already invented, but NASCAR had not adopted NASCAR. You know the good old boys, and he was one of them. He was the last guy to use that stuff. Right. He was open face helmet. He didn't have a, you know, it was, it was, he looked like evil. Smoking, Knievel, a, cigarette man. Going, smoking exactly. a cigarette going around the track. Exactly. One of the greatest stories I ever heard was Jeff Gordon talk about when he was, it may have been his rookie season or whatever, but he said they're at Talladega or someplace like that. And they're going 220 miles an hour down a back stretch. And he said, he's white knuckled on that steering wheel. He said, he's got a car to his left or to his right, he looks over at him, and he's, there's a car just rolls up on my left and stops right beside me, and he looks over, and he said, Dale, Hart, Dale Earnhardt just looked over at him and got a big old smile on his face and just <laughs> waved, and waved at him. 
<laughs> he said, we're in the middle. He said, I've got cars going 220 miles an hour in my windows. And this guy's waving at me and smiling at me. Yeah. I, I heard a guy and I'll never forget. I'll never be able to get rid of the visual of it, but the guy, a guy was describing what NASCAR used to be like. And he said, well, the difference between today and then is when Dale Earnhardt used to finish his races, his cigarette tray was, was full. <laughs> his ashtray was full in his car. And I, I could never forget that because this kind of, it kind of explains the, you know, the differences and the way it used to be and how those, I mean, hell they used to, I could just picture those guys back in, in the old days. And, you know, they probably still had two seats in their car at that point. But the funny thing is, they were still going 200 miles right? an hour. Yeah, doing I know. Car. It's crazy. Dude, it's there crazy. was one guy, and I'll have to look this up or have Jake look it up. He drove around with a monkey in his car, a NASCAR driver. Oh During races. Pete is going to be going crazy. You better stop this conversation. They'll be oh, calling this, us this up is to way back. Is. Yeah, this was way back. But he had, he drove around with a monkey in his car until one time, I think, it attacked him during a race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, some of those stories from old NASCAR or old sports in general. Right. There is nothing like the old school sports stories. When you hear those guys telling those, man, it really is. I mean, you get the old, when you get, you know, the old Red Arbox and, you know, you even get Arnold Palmer talking about the old days of Ben Hogan in, in golf and things like that. I mean, those stories to, to the common day athlete and stuff is just, that's fun to hear. Like, the I greatest, the greatest photo in Kentucky Derby history. There's one where these two guys, the, the two jockeys, they're down to the stretch and they're both reaching over, grabbing each other. Pull, trying sitting, to pull it back. Yes, they're sitting there fighting each other down the stretch of the Kentucky Derby. Full contact horse racing. That would it be something. All, people, would mean, all, people would definitely tune in if that was legal. I mean, that stuff, it's just a good old taste, man. Uh, you can't do that stuff anymore. But, man, oh, man, is it funny and fun to talk about. Good old stuff. Uh, yeah, I had a good time watching the Daytona 500. Got to watch that thing finish up. A lot of talk of John Beeline. Back to college basketball because a lot of talk that he's going to be that, that situation is not working out with in Cleveland, and I can't say I'm surprised. I, I mean, mean, who didn't see that it wasn't going to work out? I mean, exactly. That's just, but that yeah, transition made no sense. And guess what, though? I do you. No one would blame John Beeline. Look at the money he's going to make from that deal and not have to recruit and do all that stuff. But I think he ends up back in college basketball. But he's got a. He's got a nest egg that he'll never have to worry about, so he can He's pull up. Sixty-seven years old. My guess is he ends up in the uh, analyst booth somewhere, or, or he pulls a Jim Calhoun. You know, Jim Calhoun from UConn. He's coaching some D three team or something. He's just enjoying coaching. He's I thought not... that was because he got kicked out of the NCAA for no, rules no, no. violations. No, no, not Jim Calhoun. You sure? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just enjoying life. Well, he definitely yeah. had some issues when he left. He was he was under the NCAA watch. I know that. Yeah. Very, oh, yeah, for sure. Huh. He's a cheater. Uh, Grant Richardson from Indiana Baseball uh, picked up Player of the Week honors from the Big Ten. He had a big, uh, big time down in Baton Rouge. Is that Rouge because and, they're the only Big Ten team that played? I was wondering that. I was thinking that as soon as I saw it. <laughs> I swear to God, I was thinking that too. I didn't want to say that because he did. He had a great weekend. No, hell, he, I, hell, yeah. he, hit, he hit 500 against LSU. I can tell you right now, I, if I would have won Big Ten Player of the Week, and it's because we we're the only team that played, 
10 years from now, you think anybody's going to know that? Hell gonna no. Be, I guarantee you. I mean, that thing off cleaned up. That's right. That plaque is cleaned off and dusted and have that thing shiny. Beat out Calvert Chaney and <laughs> Big Dog and Jimmy Jackson and Steve Smith. It was all me, baby. It yep. was just me. me Magic and Dana. Johnson. I'd be bringing people from the era that weren't even playing when I was there. <laughs> Beat them all out. Yeah, but uh, congrats, man! I, I, that's I think that was an exciting start for Indiana. I think last year they wherever they went, maybe it was Tennessee. They got swept in their first weekend. Actually, you know what? They weren't the only team played because Michigan. Michigan had a huge win and and beat. Uh, I'll say Michigan beat like the number one ranked team in the country. Did they not? Did I make that up? Very. No, that's very possible because they they were very good last year. But that in that in one of those their games, one of their players got gets the boot. There was a pitch, and I don't know if he said anything, but he just kind of took his bat, you know. And, oh, my gosh, I saw that. And, I boy, he that. got thrown out in, like, two seconds. He was like, what? What are you talking about? So, I I don't know about that one. That may have been a little quick trigger. I don't, I'm not sure. If, but if he was doing that, I get it. You can't let college kids do that stuff. But do I'm what? not sure. That, do what? A lot of times when uh, if you got a, a batter that he disagrees with a the call, they don't say anything, they'll just take their bat and they draw a line trying to show you something. And I think that that's what the umpire thought he was doing is he drug his bat across the back of the batter's box. Um, well, he definitely did that. I saw it. I mean, that's, he definitely and did that. That's why he got booted, because the umpire thinks he's showing up. Man, you used to have to use the F-bomb to get thrown out of anything. Like, how can we get, be getting thrown out for that stuff? I, I'm telling you, I know. But they're – yeah, they don't uh, – when it comes to – Colleges, they don't they don't take much, but that but that I, guy that guy had a bad day at home that morning. I, that I agree with you because there's no way you get kicked out for that. I agree with you a thousand percent, man. I that was a quick trigger. And is Ted Valentine do baseball? Games? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was like. <laughs> it was exactly what it was like. Well, hey, here's here's what you know. That guy would not have been on TV had he not thrown that kid out for that. So there's a very good would, chance that was Ted Valentine. We wouldn't be talking about it. I was gonna say we wouldn't be talking about that right? at all if that hadn't right. happened. Freaking but, Ted uh, Valentine's doing college baseball now. Yeah, hey, I can't wait. We're we're only about a week away. When did I say twenty sixth? I think that Indiana opens up their season at home. That's not even possible against Butler. Well, I, I still I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't understand why they've thrown that game in there because they open up. They they're down at LSU playing. They they go to I think North Carolina somewhere. North Alabama Carolina. or something. Don't they? Yeah, do yeah, someplace down south. And to play again, then they got one stupid game. They're going to come back home and squeeze in against Butler in freaking February here, and then they're going back south again. Is it so, in Baker's Life? Maybe maybe they're playing in the uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. <laughs> well, I wish they would. Uh, they did play Certainly in Indianapolis not last year. Outside, but are they? I, yeah, oh yeah, it's going to be. I, I'm going to be in the press box. I assure you. Uh, we need to get Cuban to put a dome on that uh, baseball stadium. There you go. The Cuban. The Cuban dome. Cuban dome. Cuban dome. I like it. I do too. Cuban Dome. Yeah, that was still amazing when, when he was here. That was still amazing when he walked Cuban? in. Yeah, that the electrics, I the electricity. Shocked. I was shocked. I mean, if you had asked me, I would have told you he had been back at different times during Coach Knight's era and stuff like that. Like, I was surprised he hadn't been here since 1981. That, that surprised me. Well, you got to think that for so long, his life was on a freaking trajectory of just going up. I mean, he was Mr. Dot Com becomes a billionaire. But the guy owns planes. I mean, he could be here in three I, hours. I, I, yeah, but he's doing so much. He's got Shark Tank going. He's got the the an NBA not team. Not back in Bob Knight's day. Not back in the year two thousand. No, but I don't know that he was. What What was he doing at that time? 
He his net worth started with a B at that time. Already? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I knew of him. That's crazy. Craziness. Yeah. But you know it what? It's cool to have him back, that's for sure. He'd be a great sponsor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This hour, this 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 lifetime brought to you by Mark Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about this hour, this lifetime. We would name Rock. every segment that we did. Welcome to the Cuban. Mark Cuban yeah, show. Welcome to the yeah. Absolutely. Welcome to the no Mark Cuban show. Hosted by Mark Cuban. My guest is Mark Cuban. Today we're gonna be talking every, about he Mark can call Cuban. Call us every day and tell us what our opinions are gonna be. Exactly. Well, our guest is Mark Cuban, and today we'll be talking about Mark Cuban. Whatever Mark Cuban wants us to talk about. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Chronic Hoosiers coming up in the next hour. You get to hear. Uh, Hit the chronic. The musings. The musings of Chronic Hoosiers, since this is a Chronic Tuesday. Looking forward to that. But, uh, man, it, the next game is is on the road. It's like we got this, this big lull before you're back at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Indiana has got was to pull. That, pause? that was that was a moment of silence you just had right there. Is that yeah, for the road was, game? Yeah, just uh, in in memory of the home games. Mem- I guess. Memory of the last time we won a home game. We won a road game. <laughs> when uh, when how long ago has that been? Hmm. That nineteen ninety something. Yeah, they've only won what one home game this entire season. That's at Nebraska, right? Oh, that's yeah. We did win one this year. That's right. To be honest with you, I think that the uh, game in New York almost should be counted as a home game. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But, oh, well. To me, it's the same difference. Anything outside of Assembly Hall is considered a road game. I mean, it might be a road game for the other team, too, but it's a road game. Yeah, especially when UConn, it's like their neighbors. I mean, my gosh, it's like. Here's the thing you're 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 talking about though. I mean, when you go play an NCAA tournament game, it's not a road game. It's a neutral site game. So why would we not count that? I mean, it seems like it should count. That's the kind of venue you're going to play in. I agree with you. I agree with you, man. Hey, we got a lot more coming up here on Indiana Sports Beat on this Tuesday. Of course, coming to you from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studio. Stay tuned. We got Chronic Hoosier in the next hour. More to talk about. We're back with all that and more right after this. Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let doctors Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. I'm Rain Shaddy, and I'm a Hoosier. As a toddler, you could always find me running around in a cream and crimson onesie and a red IU hat reminiscent of those worn during the world-famous William Tell timeout, shouting, Go Hoosiers! Like many other alum, I chose to make Bloomington my home. As a civic and alumni leader, I have become very knowledgeable about our community and would love to share my insights with you as your realtor. 
Find me on Facebook or call or text me, Ryan Shaddy, with F.C. Tucker Bloomington Realtors at 765-623-9093. Now that warm weather has arrived, it's time to hit the links, and there's no better place than the golf club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. Voted best golf course by the readers of the Bloomington Herald Times, the golf club at Eagle Point is under new ownership, has new fairways and bunkers, and it's open to the public. When the round's over, there's cold beer and a full menu at the Eagle Point Pub and Bistro. Call 812-824-1100 to make a tea time. That's 812-824-1100. The Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. This is AJ Moyes. This is Dan Dockett. Hey, this is Michael Lewis. Basketball this is Indiana football coach Tom Allen. This is Jim Coyle with Indiana Sports Beat. You can always like and follow us on Facebook. Always follow the show rebroadcast on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify. The DailyHoosier.com is a great place to sign up for each and every day. Or, of course, on 97.7 The Ref in Evansville. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. You're on the line with Jamal Meeks, former Indiana Hoosier, number 23, 1992, and I'm on the beat. Jim Cole. You're going to have to be really good at what you do, and you're not going to be able to beat yourself in those areas when you go on the road. At home, you know as well as I do, sometimes you get the crowd involved and you get some things involved that help you. But on the road, if you turn it over, if you don't rebound, if you're not getting back on defense, you just name one of those little things, it can really tilt the game in a bad way for you. So uh, for us, it's understanding like we're going to have to put together not a perfect game, but we're going to have to put together a perfect effort. We're going to have to have an effort level one of these nights that says to ourselves, we gave ourselves a chance in this one to win it. We were right there at the end of the game. All right, we're going to come back. There's Archie Miller talking about uh, needing a perfect effort rather than a perfect game. That's a good, uh, that's a good quote to make there, Todd Leary. It definitely is. And, I mean, I think that's one of the things that we have – you know, talked about repeatedly over and over again is it's not so much, you know, the, the, the Michigan game, we did not necessarily expect them to win, but we expected them to compete. And, and everything he described is pretty much the definition of competing. And, you know, that's, that's what's been so difficult to, to swallow in some of these losses is, you know, they've just not even the, you know, the home game against Purdue with all of the hoopla going on with Coach Knight being there and all that. I mean, I, I did feel like I watched that game on tape over and over again. And in the first half, I felt like they competed. In the second half, I felt like Purdue came out and smacked them in the mouth and, and they didn't compete. Like, they they literally weren't in the game. If Purdue – if Indiana would have gotten close, I felt like Purdue could have pulled away at any point in time in that second half. But it just – and that's just one example. I mean, that Michigan game, I felt like – Michigan did just what they needed to do. I mean, the second half, I mean, it was never even in question, really. Jennifer said, I watched the Archie Miller show last night. People want – oh, that's – I already read that one. Yeah. Allen says, uh, the basketball team's identity is we let the opposing team score. They come back, set their defense, and we are in trouble. Just an aggravated Allen from Birdseye. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I I get it because I we should be able to right now to say, hey, you know what? Our identity is this, and you know we just didn't do it well enough tonight. Like we should be able to say that, but but we don't even know what. I, like I can't even describe them. And and I have watched outside of the coaching staff. I'd probably be willing to bet I've watched this team on film as much as anyone, and I can't identify what you know what we what we are trying to do. With that offense, like in the Michigan game, this is something that was interesting. In the Michigan game, Joey Brunk shot the first two shots. Justin Smith shot the next three shots. And then uh, and then it was helter-skelter from there. Then we had no identity of what we were doing. Then we had Rob Fennessy shooting a shot here. And Trace Jackson Davis really never got involved. And, um, you know, there were I've, – I've only watched through the first half of that game so far. But there were five entry passes into Trace Jackson Davis that were wide open. The problem with them was they were too early in the shot clock. And we don't look inside until it gets laid into the shot clock. Same things. Tim says hearing our text and hearing the same things about Crean and Archie has not created a culture, not teaching defense, not a top 10 coach. Only thing said after losses, shots didn't fall, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's easy when things aren't going well, it's easy for people to find uh, for any of us even to find negative things. It's that's easy. That's There's easy. only so many excuses you can say after a game though. I mean, yeah. You know. <laughs> I like I like hearing him talk about the effort level. I mean, here here's the difference. Okay, so let's play that tape again Thursday morning, and let's see if we can talk about after the game Wednesday if the effort level looked different. And if it didn't, you know, the same players are on the floor. What's what's the definition of insanity? I mean, same thing over and over, over and over again, expecting a different result. And I think that's the thing that so many people are seeing, though. We hear Archie talk and talk and talk, but we don't see Archie do anything. Archie talks again. And I could be wrong. Maybe I have and I've just forgotten. Maybe he's the benefit of of time makes me forget things. But um, I've not heard him talk about, you know, specifically about just the effort level. I mean, you know, that that whole speech he just gave in in the entry right there was all about effort. And... And so if, if the effort isn't there, forget the result, you know, I mean, whatever we'll deal with the result, as long as we get the effort. And, and that's the thing. I think the result will be good if the effort was there. But here's the problem. This is not the first time we've heard this about Archie Miller's teams at Indiana. We've been hearing this for three years, same thing for three years, effort at this time of year for Archie Miller's teams at Indiana. It has happened three straight seasons. I'm not, saying that I know the reason or that, that I'm blaming anybody for it. I'm just pointing it out because it's a fact. This has happened three consecutive seasons now that he's been here. They fall off at the end of the season and pretty much disappear. I mean, I, I don't know if I agree with you or not. I mean, do, do you think Jawan Morgan didn't play hard? I mean, you're saying last year Jawan Morgan didn't play hard? As a team. I'm, you're questioning the, effort. I mean, that's why I'm saying. Overall, as a team, we I'm not – we. There are many instances we could go back last year and you're seeing the fans say the same exact thing because the same things are happening. They don't they're they're in the midst last year when they were in the midst of that slump. There were games where like you know they're gonna come out and just play like they're crazy right. people. Right. And they didn't. Right. And you're like, what the hell, man? And I think yeah. that that's what people are seeing, and that's what frustrates them. I don't have the answers and I'm not pretending that I do. And I'm not saying whose fault that this is because there are so many factors that go into it. Uh, there is nobody, there is no one person to blame for virtually anything. 
uh, in life. I mean, there's always a, a, a combination. But, but of what I'm saying with what with what he just said, what I'm saying is let's let's play that same clip. Remember this, Jake. Thursday, let's play that same clip back, and let's see how we analyze the effort and and if the effort wasn't there. What what steps we think he took within that game to improve that, which would mean putting guys on the bench. Because I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm tired of I'm tired of having the same thoughts and frustrations, you know, game in and game out and every road game and season after season and all that. Like I'm with you. I, I totally agree with you. But we've seen him talk about rotations and players and lineups and threaten and threaten and threaten, and yet nothing ever changes. He doesn't change his rotations. Uh, he has he has shortened them up, but you know he talked about he really hinted at a change in the starting lineup, and yet nothing changed. Everything was the same. Yeah, I I agree with you. The, but the difference is in so so if you change the starting lineup, if Jim Coyle got to pick the starting lineup for tomorrow night's game, who would it be? Uh, that's a great question. I think you got to go with Al Durham. I think you got to go to, with Rob Finnessy. I think you got to go with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, now here's where you got, uh, let's see who I'm missing. Another guard. Uh, you got Justin Smith, Joey Brown, Jerome Hunter. I'm, Frank. I'm going to go with those two. I'm going to go with Al Durham, Rob Finnessy, Trace Jackson Davis, Justin Smith, and Jerome Hunter to start the game. That's how, that's exactly how I would start it. I agree with you. And, and you and, bring in and, those guys. And you, and you, you know, depending on whether I needed a guard or whether I needed a big guy as to whether the first guy off the bench would be uh, Joey Brunk or Armand Franklin. But, and especially it depends on the team you're going against because there's been a lot of times this season where this lineup would have been a really, really good lineup to have against the opposing team. We just didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I see, here's here's the matchup issue you've got against – um, Minnesota is Daniel Oturu is, you know, he's a mobile big guy who can step out and shoot three pointers. If Joey Brunk starts the game tomorrow night and he starts out on him, it's going to look really similar to the same way the game started against Michigan, where he's going to get beat on defense repeatedly over and over again, because he either can't get out and help because he's too slow or he just gets a guy makes a quick move inside and, and he's too slow to stop him. And, you know, I'm not picking on Joey Brunk. I, I think there are spots when Joey Brunk could be used. But I don't think it's as a starter playing 30 minutes a game. And, um, you know, I, forgive me if I'm a bad person for saying that. I don't feel like I have to have the same opinion as everybody else does because he's a great kid. He's a great, great kid. I'm What I'm saying about him is what I think is best for the basketball team. And that's the difference between what some people want to hear and don't want to hear is – I think he's a great kid. I think he can bring a lot of things to this team. I don't necessarily think it needs to be as the starting center for Indiana in order to be the most effective team they can be. I agree a thousand percent because this is not a team. But back in other eras when you played, the opposing teams, they had to match up with Indiana. Indiana didn't so much have to match up with them. And right now, Indiana has to match up with all these other teams. They're not having to to match up with Indiana, but Indiana's but, yeah, not making an adjustment. Even in the Bob Knight days, like we we didn't play with a team this slow. Like we didn't play with a team that has, I mean, Joey Brunk lumbers down the floor. I mean, he can sprint down the floor a time or two here and there. Yes, I've seen him bust his butt. And if anybody, 
you know, the guy that probably plays the hardest on the floor is probably Joey Brunk. But the, did your the starting is, lineup did your starting lineup change depending upon who you were playing? Sometimes, occasionally, it would. But here's what here's what it would do. So so I'll tell you what Coach Knight would do in a game like this tomorrow night when they started the game against Minnesota. Justin Smith would be guarding Daniel Oturu. Okay, because he's the only guy from a quickness standpoint. You don't want Trey Jackson Davis on him because he'll get in foul trouble. He's he's a he's a freshman, and Daniel Oturu is a seasoned veteran that will have Trey Jackson Davis in foul trouble if he if he starts out guarding him. But he would put Justin Smith on him, and we would double team anytime he got the ball in the post. If Daniel Oturu catches it out on the wing, Justin Smith can guard him out on the wing just fine. He doesn't need help out there. But if he catches it in the post, he would get double teamed. So. That would be the difference between what Coach Knight would do tomorrow. I mean, I can't tell you how many games we had. Our starting lineup would be something goofy, and even if even you know it, it would be it would be because this is what we wanted to do. It wasn't necessarily the other teams. We had a mismatch, or they had a mismatch. It was because this is what how we wanted to attack whatever it is they were going to do. And you know, he would put Justin Smith on Daniel Oturu, and and we you know I, I think at that point it would eliminate having to, you know, worry about Oturu driving from the outside. If Oturu catches the ball on the three-point line and Joey Brunk's guarding him, the very first thing he's going to do is clear the floor out and he's going to try to drive against him because he's either going to score or get him in foul trouble. And, Ron, and that'd be the difference between Coach Knight and, and this team. Ron in Scottsdale, Arizona, completely agrees, but he'd actually start with Justin Smith on the bench and see if that motivates him. I'd start Race Thompson instead. I think he's earned it. That's not a bad little change either. I don't mind that. Race Thompson's not a guy that's probably really going to start for you, but he I like what he does when he comes in. He's been efficient. Agree. Um, I, I agree with all of that. Here's here's the only problem. If you go back and watch um the Michigan game, even though he didn't he wasn't super successful at a bunch of it, offensively, Justin Smith was pretty aggressive. I mean, he was taking some shots early in the shot clock, especially early in the game. And and if Race Thompson would do the same thing, I would agree with you, but he won't. I mean, he's too passive on the offensive end right now, and and Indiana can't have any more guys on the floor that are passive on the offensive end. I mean, they've got to have everybody being aggressive. And so I I don't – like, he would probably be I, – I might change what I said a minute ago. He might be the first guy I bring in off the bench as a big guy instead of Joey Brunk, especially against Minnesota, because I, I agree with you. He could match up a little bit better – uh, defensively with Oturu. So so that's a great point. I, I like that, Ron. Yeah, I do. I agree. That's a, that I had forgotten about him. Well, you know, he he's a player that kind of has been coming on slowly. He went through that little injury that he, he suffered against Michigan State, but he is he's come back. I mean, he's he's gonna be a solid player for them next year no matter what. Uh he yep. just he's the kid that you like, you know he's in there working hard, that he's just trying to get some minutes. Yeah, I mean I, I you know, I, I would use the – I think – here's something that is interesting. And I think instead of like – you know, we're talking about – Ron's talking about using the bench as a motivator right now and all that. If you start the game out and you're trying you're trying to do something different, this is what was fun about game planning is, you know, if Coach Knight comes up or, – or I'm sorry, I said that that was a Freudian slip there. If, if Archie Miller comes up with a game plan that says – all right, Justin Smith, you're going to guard Oturu. Um, you know, that's that's different than I'm sure what what they're expecting or what the players are thinking or expecting. And if they've got a game plan to try to execute, I think sometimes it changes your effort level. And and it's almost tricking the guys into playing hard um, 
because you're, you know, you're asking them to accomplish something that, you know, they're probably not expecting to do. I mean, I bet in this game, Justin Smith's planning on one of the big guys guarding the Toru and he's planning on guarding the wing player. And, and if you, if you're asking them to do something, excuse me, a little bit different, I mean, it, it just, it might motivate them in a different way. And if they don't do it, if he doesn't, if he doesn't play his butt off and successfully, you know, he doesn't even have to stop him, but successfully accomplish what you're trying to do. Yeah. You go to that bench right away. I'd bring, I'd bring in race Thompson immediately, but, but I mean, I don't know. Everybody thinks that, you know, throwing guys on the bench is the ultimate motivator and all that. And, and you've, it's a fine line. You got to be careful because you can lose the team pretty easily if you just start benching everybody. And, and I'm, I know that that's coming across wrong because I I am the person that believes the bench is the ultimate motivator, but I, there are certain guys I'm not sure it would work that well for. On and this I think team, Justin Smith might be one. Uh, th- this team has a lot of guys that don't kind of fit into the normal fragile fragile yes. personalities. In other words, folks, that means soft, soft, yeah. soft. S O F T soft. Hey, we got a lot more coming up here. Chronic Hoosier is going to join us next on the program, and we got plenty more to talk about after that as well. Illinois is in action tonight, but we got a lot of games. Purdue, uh, Maryland, we're going to talk about those later in the show. UK, LSU, we'll talk about that as well. John Beeline, back to college basketball, maybe. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Stay tuned. Uh, up next, Chronic Hoosier here on Indiana Sports Beat, coming to you from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios, back right after this. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let doctors Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. I'm Rain Shaddy, and I'm a Hoosier. As a toddler, you could always find me running around in a cream and crimson onesie and a red IU hat reminiscent of those worn during the world-famous William Tell timeout, shouting, Go Hoosiers! Like many other alum, I chose to make Bloomington my home. As a civic and alumni leader, I have become very knowledgeable about our community and would love to share my insights with you as your realtor. Find me on Facebook or call or text me, Ryan Shaddy, with FC Tucker Bloomington Realtors at 765-623-9093. Now that warm weather has arrived, it's time to hit the links, and there's no better place than the Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. Voted best golf course by the readers of the Bloomington Herald Times, the Golf Club at Eagle Point is under new ownership, has new fairways and bunkers, and it's open to the public. When the round's over, there's cold beer and a full menu at the Eagle Point Pub and Bistro. Call 812-824-1100 to make a tea time. That's 812-824-1100. The Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. 
This is AJ Moya. This is Dan Dockett. Hey, this is Michael Lewis. This is Indiana football coach Tom Allen. This is Jim Coyle with Indiana Sports Beat. You can always like and follow us on Facebook. Always follow the show rebroadcast on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify. TheDailyHoosier.com is a great place to sign up for each and every day. Or, of course, on 97.7 The Ref in Evansville. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hey, it's Michael Lewis, former Indiana University player and current UCLA assistant basketball coach, and you're listening to Indiana Sports Beat. Tuesday, February 18th. Jim Quayle with you here, of course. Now joined by our good friend Chronic Hoosier, because it wouldn't be a Chronic Tuesday without him. Chronic Hoosier. Chronic, how are you, sir? Always good to be back, Jim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Can't, uh, couldn't have a good week without having you on for certain, man. Uh, Indiana, reached, we're reaching the end of the, the, towards the end of the season, Chronic, and uh, everyone's looking towards tournament time, of course. That's uh, what's next on the uh, agenda, and the Big Ten has been a, a joy to watch. Uh, and now, though, it's coming down to there's a couple of teams, and Indiana's one of those teams that's going to be fighting for a, jockeying for a spot in that tournament, and they're right there. Chronic. They're right there, and they're struggling to get there. But they're, they're we know they have the talent. But uh, can they can they put the consistency together? That's the question of the year right now. It uh, it certainly remains to be seen exactly what March is going to hold in store for the Hoosiers right now. Uh, what's unquestionable at this point is they very much still have their destiny in their own hands. Uh, six games remaining here this season, at least in the regular the regular season portion of it. Um, you know, the thing right now is they're running out of runway. They are, uh, there's only so many games left. Now, fortunately, uh, you know, every game in the Big Ten is going to give you a quality win if you can earn it. Um, you know, unfortunately for Indiana, as you look at the remaining six games, they got three on the road, three at home, uh, the majority of which coming against, uh, you know, the lower half of the Big Ten. You still got Penn State left. Uh, but other than that, um, uh, and Illinois for that matter, but, you know, you get Minnesota twice, you get Purdue, you get Wisconsin. Uh, not necessarily the Big Ten powerhouses this year. Uh, certainly not pushovers by any means, too. I mean, I think every one of these teams has potential to beat Indiana. And you can say the inverse is true as well. Indiana has potential to beat every one of the remaining teams on the schedule. Will it happen? Uh, it remains to be seen highly doubtful. They run the table at this point, absent a miracle. I think right now, uh, as an Indiana fan, you, you've got to see something here that gives you reason to believe that March isn't going to be a, uh, a disappointment for a fourth consecutive year here. Uh, because as, as much as the, the Iowa win kind of gave Indiana and its fans a big shot of confidence, that loss in Ann Arbor just absolutely erased everything, if not took a half step or a full step backwards. As far as confidence, 
uh, in the team confidence and the staff confidence in what they're going to be able to accomplish by season's end here. Yeah, and I think we've seen a lot of different teams. In the Big Ten alone, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, take this big dip in the middle of the season. Both teams, those two teams that were ranked in the top five uh, and then ended up not being ranked at all, but they're coming back. Uh, we've seen a lot of teams go through this midseason lull that, that different reasons for whatever it is. Indiana, one of those teams as well. They're just, they're coming out of it a little slower than some of these other teams, and, uh, but they've got to get there. And we know they, like I said previously, we know they have the talent. It's, it's getting it put together. Fans are getting a little, uh, they're getting a little frustrated with, with the situation, as you can imagine, but, uh, that, uh, that's not going to do anything. And, and, but there is a lot of frustration out there, Chronic. And what do you suggest to those people that are, that are feeling that? Because nothing's going to change this season. So that's something they might as well not even think about. Now, and you know, I'm not sure what the, uh, what the anecdote here is. You know, one thing I can say is it's probably not conducive to, uh, to go full meltdown mode after every loss. Um, but you know, it's, I, I think a lot of that frustrations you're seeing echoed in the words of this staff right now. You know, Archie's show last night, his weekly radio show, talking about the frustrations of still having to be coaching effort at this point in the season, at this point in his, uh, his tenure here at Indiana. And that's certainly understandable. Uh, it, it is extremely frustrating to watch a team that's got so much talent, uh, albeit limited. You know, that certainly has its its shortcomings. But you know, as we've seen, these guys have the potential to play some really good competitive ball. Um, and while it's easy to say, you know, this is a home and away thing, uh, of the last three home games they've played, you can say about three of those halves of basketball uh, were were solid basketball. Uh, certainly, the entirety of the Iowa game. Look at the second half of Maryland, but you know, I, it's, this is still a team that's capable of a clunker in the first half of Maryland, pretty much from bell to bell against Purdue. Uh, it's not just a home away thing right now with Indiana. I think that's the the, uh, the trap that a lot of folks are falling into. Is this this is a team that just can't play on the road? Well, yes, they they struggle mightily on the road, uh, but they also are prone to forgetting their own identity at home sometimes. Now, fortunately, the benefit of the Assembly Hall crowd. Uh, can kind of shock their conscience uh, back to knowing who they are and how they're supposed to play. And, uh, you know, unfortunately on the road, there is no such boost to get them back in it. You know, you look at the uh, the second half of the Michigan game, they just pulled within seven uh, to close the, the first half, came back out, got the opening bucket, and then I believe they went on a 21-6 uh, to run or gave up a 21-6 to run, uh, you know, let Michigan stretch it out to 20 points, and that was pretty much the night. Uh, before the second half ever really got started. So I think at this point for Indiana fans, you know, there's, there's probably not a whole lot of changing that's going to happen other than some tweaks in the, uh, in the rotation, which, you know, we'll see just how effective they are. You know, you saw, uh, at, at Ann Arbor, there's still some guys here that are showing us what they're capable of. Um, you know, career night, uh, the season high night for, uh, Deron Davis, perfect from the floor. Al Durham played a hell of a game. Um, you know, on any given night, there's guys who can step up and contribute. What they got to do is they got to find a way uh, to not only feed the hot hand, but they got to find a way. As Archie said last night, you got to get Trace engaged. You know, you have got to play to your strengths. And I think that's one of the biggest shortcomings with this team is when the going gets tough, they just fold it up and, uh, and, and pack it on in. And they've got to find a way now with just six remaining, with the tournament still in play, um, with the Big Ten tournament still on the horizon. Where they can certainly raise, you know, their their prospects of an NC2A bid, as well as a seed line, 
uh, they got to figure it out and they got to do it here real quick because you still got, you know, three of the next four are going to be on the road uh, with some tough, tough games. The Barnes historically been tough on Indiana. Uh, Mackey is one of the toughest places in the country to play. And then they got to go to Spaceship Assembly Hall still uh, where Illinois knows how to ratchet it up. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of challenges, but there's a whole lot of opportunities here. Uh, the story has not been completely written yet for this team. Um, and as much as people want to write it off, uh, I, just, I, I would caution, uh, you know, do so at your own peril. Because there are a lot of folks that did that last year uh, after Indiana had that abysmal stretch in the middle of the conference season and then proceeded to finish extremely strong, um, you know, came up just short of the tournament. And I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see another similar run here uh, to, to close this season. What do you say to the fans who – who talk about that they shouldn't be in a position of having to make that run again this late into a regime. Uh, you, there's two arguments to this. You got to, you got people that are talking about the effort that players aren't giving, and then they're talking about, well, is Archie doing the job that they would like to see done? So it's two different schools of thought there, and and there, there's there's probably a little bit of both, but it's not both of them heavily on one end, I believe. You know, I, I think it's, it, it is naive to believe that this is a binary. It's either this or that type of situation right now as far as where Indiana is struggling. Uh, obviously, the players have to go out and make plays, plain and simple. I mean, that's just it. Uh, it's up to these guys, um, you know, to, to, to keep the ball moving, to connect with one another, uh, to communicate. I mean, you look at some of the defensive struggles that this team faces, and this team is going to rise and fall with its defense night in, night out. You know, particularly you look at how they rebound. Uh, but that extends to the other end of the floor as well. You know, they have to attack the basket. They have to find a way to get themselves to the foul strike. As much as the coaches clearly have game plans to do both of those, you know, ultimately it falls on the players to, uh, to execute that plan. Now, all that being said, you know, I, I don't think the staff is, is fairly without – some culpability in what's going on here as well. Uh, you can look at, and you know, I think Archie acknowledged as much last night in the press conference. Uh, for whatever it's worth, you know, recognizing whatever we're doing defensively against Michigan, we can't keep doing that anymore. And I don't, I don't know if that's you know the the front runner for the most obvious statement made this year, but it's certainly in uh, in the top of that list because you know Michigan spacing absolutely diced up Indiana's defense. Uh, their pick and rolls made them look just absolutely juvenile out there on the defensive end. Uh, the staff has got to find a way uh, to get across what they're trying to do with this staff. I had a really good conversation with uh, Coach Brian Tonsani uh, at the assembly call meetup after the Purdue game. And uh, as a coach, as an educator, he's a teacher. You know, the, the thing he said that continues to resonate with me is, you know, in, in education and coaching, uh, it's a pretty simple equation. You've got a pupil and there's a message and not every message is going to fit with every pupil and not every pupil is going to be receptive to receiving your messages. And uh, I think that's very much a good description of what's in play right now, uh, because clearly whatever messages this coaching staff trying to communicate aren't necessarily landing home with the guys they need to. And, uh, you know, I think as you look across the bench, there's such a, a diversity of players and styles uh, and just personalities that it's you know it's it's pretty understandable that one message may not resonate across the whole bunch. Uh, I think the challenge right now, though, is figuring out who is still teachable at this point and what is it. Gonna- Thank you, sir. I hope you have a great day. Hey, you as well, Jim. I'll talk All to right. you next week, man. All right, buddy. Have a good one. See ya.
everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let Drs. Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. I'm Rain Shaddy, and I'm a Hoosier. As a toddler, you could always find me running around in a cream and crimson onesie and a red IU hat reminiscent of those worn during the world-famous William Tell timeout, shouting, Go Hoosiers! Like many other alum, I chose to make Bloomington my home. As a civic and alumni leader, I have become very knowledgeable about our community and would love to share my insights with you as your realtor. Find me on Facebook or call or text me, Ryan Shaddy, with FC Tucker Bloomington Realtors at 765-623-9093. Now that warm weather has arrived, it's time to hit the links, and there's no better place than the golf club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. Voted best golf course by the readers of the Bloomington Herald Times, the golf club at Eagle Point is under new ownership, has new fairways and bunkers, and it's open to the public. When the round's over, there's cold beer and a full menu at the Eagle Point Pub and Bistro. Call 812-824-1100 to make a tea time. That's 812-824-1100. The golf club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. This is AJ Moyes. This is Dan Dockett. Hey, this is Michael Lewis. I'm an Indiana basketball player. This is Indiana football coach Tom Allen. This is Jim Coyle with the Indiana Sports Beat. You can always like and follow us on Facebook. Always follow the show rebroadcast on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify. The DailyHoosier.com is a great place to sign up for each and every day. Or, of course, on 97.7 The Ref in Evansville. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hi, this is A.J. Moyer, and you're listening to Indiana Sports Beat with Jim Coyle. Tuesday, February 18th, Jim Coyle with you, along with Todd Leary. Jake's keeping us on the track. Coming to you from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios, of course. Just wrapped up with uh, Chronic Hoosier since it's uh, a chronic Tuesday. Been a great show so far. Jake loves Tuesdays. Gets to hit the chronic. Yeah. Taco Tuesday, man. Taco Tuesday. Yeah, not a taco eater. A lot of... uh, 
A lot of talk of John Beeline being back and coming, possibly coming back to college basketball. And of course, anybody that's having troubles, uh, the Indiana fan base is one of those jumping on. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. You're, you're not, you know, Todd's pointed out that the John Beeline's probably like 67. Yeah, I mean, what, what do we want a band aid for two or three years? No <laughs> exactly. Time. I mean, and then you look back, John Beeline's first couple of years at, at Michigan, he was like forty two and fifty six or something. So, right. I you mean, know, you're gonna you're gonna have to give him five years. That that's the thing. I mean, you're gonna have to give anybody that you would hire, including Archie Miller, five years. So let's give him five years. Nah, End of five years, if four. we're not if we're not in a better position, then everyone should pile on. Yeah, I don't. You can't go that long because this program right now it looks next year is what's be the final year. If if there's no improvement, next year will be his last year. That I can promise. You. I, if there's no improvement, don't disagree with you. But that's only I, four I years. So plus you've got a new you've got a new AD that'll be coming in. We don't know who that's going to be. That's another thing. Uh, it's going to be either. I, I'm I'm fairly confident it will be either Scott Dolson or Pat Kraft. Um, I'm pretty confident of that, uh, but between those two, I don't know. And you're talking about two different types of personalities. Um, I don't know that any of that plays in. I mean, Pat Kraft played football at Indiana. I don't think that has any bearing on the basketball coach and any of that stuff, so don't get all worked up about who that is. But the fact that a new AD is coming in, it's on him now. It, it then becomes on his shoulders on what's happening, whether that's Scott or, or Pat Kraft. The basketball program is the flagship program of that of Indiana University, and yeah. if it's not doing well, you're not doing well. And and, and I will just say this, um, and I, and I'm not not intensely lobbying in any direction, but I'll say this: Scott Dolson was around and a manager for Bob Knight. He's been around the program when it's won national championships. He's been around the program when it struggled. He's been around since, I believe, 1985. So he's been through the way ups and the way downs, coaching changes. He's seen what works and doesn't work. From a basketball perspective, Scott Dolson would be, without question, the hire for AD. Now, the only issue with Scott Dolson that I see is I believe the last several, if not most of the ADs, have all had law degrees. And Scott, I don't believe has a law degree, so I don't know if that factors in or doesn't. I I don't have a clue. I'm admitting, I don't know. And uh, me either. And that comes down to to negotiating the contracts and all that stuff. But to me, pay somebody to do that. Pay an attorney to do that. Don't I, I don't disagree. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm like I I would. I'd rather have you. a guy that has more experience as being an athletics director than being an attorney. You yeah. can hire an attorney. I mean, here, um, here's something that I, like, I never factored into this. When I was growing up and I was just a naive, stupid kid in high school, like I always wanted to be an NBA GM. And then I fi- found out or figured out later on that every single NBA GM that's not a former NBA player has a law degree or isn't a law- is a lawyer. And I'm definitely not smart enough to go to law school. So that eliminated that option for me. And it just became one of those things. You're either a former player and they give you the job because of that. And, and you've shown the ability to, to lead and be in that way, or you have a law degree. And, and I didn't realize that that 
was a prerequisite for having that job. And I'm not saying it is or isn't for an AD's job at Indiana. I just feel like it's, it sure seems like everyone they interview and talk to has a law degree. Yeah, yeah, and you're not far off. Like uh, like I said, they like those negotiators, man. Those guys negotiate. But they don't need that as much anymore with the Big Ten Network having come into play, I think. I think they can go back to being more of an athletics director uh, for that. Tim texted in, I think Bob Knight's at such a high level that there's no coach that can make all IU fans happy. Truth to that. And, and that's not that's true. Here's where I'm going to flip the other side. I'm always an Archie Miller defender, and and I'm with you. I agree with that. We don't need to to use Bob Knight as the barometer, but but you can't miss the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's that is the bar, that's the barometer to for me. multiple I mean, years, right? I, you, know, you can't miss it at all. If you miss it once out of every ten years, okay, so be it. Uh, you know, bad luck. I mean, things didn't go well. You had a bad recruiting class, didn't pan out. But but you can't miss it consecutive years. You can't miss it on a regular basis. It has to be – I mean, we have to be one of those schools, again, that gets back into you've made the NCAA tournament 20-some consecutive years in a row. Like, that can't be an option. And, and Indiana needs to be competing for national championships not to make it into the tournament. Here, here's the thing. Here's what is crazy about the NCAA tournament is all you've got to do is get there. Once you get there, anybody can win it. And, and, and yes, there, of course, there are the 16 seeds that know they can't win it, but – Indiana's obviously never going to be a 16 seed either. So once you get to that point, anybody can go on a run. Any team, Michigan does this every year, it seems like, in the Big Ten tournament. doesn't matter how good or bad they are all year long. They get to the Big Ten tournament. For some reason, it's their comfort zone. And, heck, they're either in the final or win the thing every other year. And and other teams do that in the NCAA tournament. You look at uh, – I mean, some teams are the opposite. Some teams get to the NCAA tournament all the time, and they – you know that they they flunk out and they they lose early on. I mean, but but all you got to do is get there, and then then you can talk about your tournament record at that point. I mean, th- this cannot become if if Indiana doesn't make the tournament this year, they should expect some heat. I don't think there's any question. I, I think the coaching staff should expect heat. I think the players should expect heat. And I I if they're not expecting that from themselves, then I'd be shocked. Which I know they I know they are. I mean, they, they fully expect to make the tournament. And if they don't make it, you know, what, what do leaders do when things are going bad? I mean, they take the blame. Whether it truly is their fault or not, they take the blame. And, they, they you know, they figure out a way to fix it. And and Archie Miller has to be the leader of this team. Pretty Indiana's got, Indiana has six games remaining. Um, I think that they win three of those. Pomeroy thinks Indiana wins two of those. And if that happens – they do not make the tournament. I, I, there's no way in my mind, in my opinion, that Indiana can make this tournament without winning at least three of these games. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you, but but let's also not base any opinions off of some computer nerd. Well, it's not just some computer nerd. It's something that is proven to be really uh, – it's a value tool that they use because it is its accuracy is, is, is up there. It's not perfect. Nothing is. But there's definitely – uh, value to this tool because it, it it it's it's not far off. Uh, again, nothing is perfect, and you're never going to have that. But there is there is some accuracy in what he does. He's he's been doing it for a long time. But yeah, you cannot that there's you can't put any future. On yeah, we'll just agree to disagree on that because he's a computer nerd. 
I mean, he's putting numbers into a computer and it's coming out and spitting out how many games they think they're going to win. I don't know what you think the definition of computer nerd is, but that's my definition of computer nerd. Well, I'm not the guy saying has he no basketball. He's not putting he's not weighing the the eye test into anything. He's saying based on what we've seen, this is what's going to happen. And and you can't like Indiana has put those results in there. So, I mean, Indiana's responsible for the results, so you get that. But, you know, it's a computer nerd. Of course, they're gonna, he's going to think they're going to lose to Penn State because Penn State's ranked in the top ten in the country. That's not much different, though, to me than, than the guys out in Las Vegas. I mean, that's exactly what they're – they, they, Yeah, they, but you see the guys in Las Vegas don't go by what the rankings are. You know, you just said it last week. I mean, uh, uh, Iowa was ranked – with rankings and they they use this information, I, I assure you. Uh, Pomeroy is, is one of the guys that is very respected in that field. I'm not, again, it is so based on Kim Palm's results. You think Iowa would have been? You think Indiana would have been favored to win that game on Ken Palm's results, even though Vegas had Indiana favored to win? You and I talked about this. What a it didn't seem right to us. It made you think the guys in Vegas know something. And I went exactly with what Vegas said. I agree with you. That's why I'm saying that's not what Ken Palm said. Ken Palm said they would lose because they were ranked so much higher. And like I said, nothing is perfect, and none of these are going to be dead on. But over the course of time, they are much more accurate than they are not accurate. So there is just, there, it's just another tool that you use. It's not a, an all-out given, but it is a tool, and it's a tool that is shown to have accuracy. So it is something that you can use with some some confidence. But again, nothing – it doesn't matter what anybody says. When it comes to a game being played, all bets are off because the players actually uh, – and officials and everyone else control how they end up. But um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they do win those three games because, like I said, I think they have to win those three to make it in. And even winning those three, Todd, that just puts them at 19 wins on the season. Uh, one short of that – magical number of 20 but they'll have another opportunity because the big 10 tournament comes up of course but that we've talked about this that's a very similar sounding situation to last year when they went into the big 10 tournament having to needing to win a game and weren't able to get that accomplished it would sure be nice if you could set yourself up to where you don't have to win right. that game where, yeah where we're not relying on anybody's discretion yeah when you're not when you don't rely on pomeroy or anybody else right you just take take it into your own hands and, and do what you can do with it. I mean, you look. I mean, just thinking about it right now. I mean, you you look at the results of it right now. It, it, so look, tell me in your mind right now. And I'm going to pick. I'm going to use them because they're our rival and they're the closest example. But but if Purdue, where would you would you say Purdue's above Indiana right now when it comes to making the NCAA tournament? No, shockingly, no. I, I wouldn't. They, e- I wouldn't either, except for it seems like on CBS when they talked about it all weekend long, they talked about Purdue was in, and for sure in. If Purdue loses tonight to Wisconsin, their season Wisconsin, over. Their season is over. They're fourteen and thirteen. Yep, their season is over on the year. How I, this is something that doesn't make any sense to me. It, it doesn't. I, I'm. I am totally in agreement with you. If I had, you know, if you gave me the look test, the eye test. I think Purdue's had a better is above Indiana, but not according to anything else. And right. the record bears it out. They're not. If they lose tonight, they are done. They they're nit bound. And and I I think I said it. I said it weeks and weeks ago. I did not see Purdue making the tournament. And I didn't then, and I don't now. They're not going to make the tournament. Um, I don't care if they win tonight or not. They're not. I don't. Th- they're not going to make the tournament. They're not going to be one of the Big Ten teams that makes it in. I don't think. But they're one of those teams that 
will leave you shaking your head because, boy, they can sure get close with a nasty-looking record. And, and the, yeah, the weird part is, so forget the comparison of them versus Indiana because I know people are going to think I'm using that as a comparison. I, look, I, I enjoy watching Purdue play. I've always enjoyed Matt Painter's teams. They play hard, and I enjoy watching that. So I watch the majority of their games. But when you look at the overall resume of everything that's on there, I, I, it just makes – like this is where I know I don't understand what's going on because <laughs> when you when you hear this guy's on CBS – There a worse people, feeling. <laughs> all the people talk about it. They're like, oh, yeah, Purdue's in. And I'm looking at it going, they're 14 and 12. They have They have the same number of quad one wins that Indiana has. They have two really, really bad quad three losses, which Indiana has no quad three losses. That's see, that's a difference maker right there. It really is, and that's what I don't understand. That's what that's what I don't get. If you look at them in the net rankings, they're way above Indiana, but in the quad rankings, they're way below Indiana, and the quad score. And I know they factor in the net rankings, they factor in the quad rankings, they factor in all these different factors, but but when you look at them as a whole. And, I, and I'm not – like, I could do the same thing with, with Wisconsin. I just use Purdue because it's in-state and more of our listeners will be familiar with Purdue. But I can use the same thing with, with Wisconsin. I mean, they've got the same issue. They've got some really, really bad losses, but they've got some great road wins. Yeah, they're another – you picked – that is right. You picked another perfect team to match up to, to that because they are also one of those teams that have securely been in the tournament, I think, Although at the same time you look at them and you're going, I don't know how, but they're in. Um, but they're a team. I now I do think Wisconsin makes a the tournament. They're a team that they're opposite of Purdue. They will get in. I think. Why? Why do you think that? I, I think that they will do enough uh, to get in. What is their record? Like fifteen and ten? Yeah, they're fifteen and ten. They're eight. They're eight and six. So they're they're over five hundred in the Big Ten. Well, that, that right there is going to go a long way when you're when you're over plus five hundred in, in this conference this season. That that's going to carry a lot of weight. They've got some good wins in this conference. Uh, that's going to carry some weight. And I think that this season, because of the season that it is has been and what we've seen, and especially in the Big Ten conference, the Big Ten is going to get a little bit more margin of of, of error this year. I think yeah. with with people just a little bit. And I think that little bit is going to get a team like Wisconsin in. It's not going to be enough for Purdue because they're not, it's not going to do enough at the end of the, at the end of the deal. Wisconsin will do enough to get in. I think. Yeah. Wisconsin, Wisconsin has, you know, you can look at it as a positive or a negative. Um, if they win the games, obviously it's going to be a positive, but they've got a, a pretty good schedule. They've got Purdue at home tonight and they've got Rutgers at home this Sunday. In all in all reality, like you think about this, they they could lose both of those games, and it would not be a shocker if they lost both of those games. They and won't lose they, to Purdue at home, but uh, you're right. Any anything, nothing could, nothing would surprise me. I, I mean, you are you saying that because Purdue plays bad on the road, or because you're just looking at the teams in general? I I, I think that because I think Purdue's more talented than Wisconsin. Wisconsin is definitely a better team at home, like most teams, than than they are. Uh, on the road and and Purdue has shown that they can go on the road when they did it in Bloomington uh so it's not that but I I just think that I I think Wisconsin is a solid enough team at home that and Purdue is just an okay team that it's just not going to be enough yeah the crazy part is and, and I if you look at their schedule and you see what it comes down to 
their last game of the year, Wisconsin's last game of the year, is at Indiana. And I think for both teams, that could end up being a really, really big game. Cannot disagree with you. Man, it's, just, it's going to be exciting. Tonight you've got uh, – all right, so tonight's games, you've got the Illini. They're going to Penn State. There's the game of the night in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't see Penn State losing. I think they've lost once this season. They're 20-5. and five. Uh, The Illini, you know, pretty strong. They've had – they've taken a few bumps here of late. Yeah, uh, they have. They've lost four in a row, I think, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's – you know, and they're a good team. We know they're a good team. Yeah, I mean, listen, the stretch that they just had, they were at Iowa, Maryland at home, Michigan State at home, and at Rutgers. I mean, yeah, look at – and then now they're at Penn State. Look at that five-game stretch they've got. But they're oh, – I mean, they've lost four games in a row. So, yeah, there's no doubt they're struggling a little bit. And we it'll, know how good Illinois is, so that's It'll make a difference into whether Desanmu is back or not. I mean, he, oh, absolutely. Uh, he didn't play in the last game, and, and but I know they said his – his MRI was negative, so I know they were expecting him back, but it'll be interesting. I, Illinois is a team, I, I honestly, and I'll still say this, they've lost four in a row, and I will still say this. I think they're an extremely dangerous team, and I think they could beat anyone in the country. Anyone in the country. And and I wouldn't say that about every Big Ten team. I agree with you. Purdue at Wisconsin, we talked about that one. Uh, I think Wisconsin is going to win that game, no doubt. And then the other game in the Big Ten tonight, Northwestern at Maryland, that should not be much of a game. Maryland 21-4 and four and uh, trying to become the Big Ten champion for the first time since they joined the conference, man. I'm going to go I'm going to go against you tonight. I'm taking Maryland for sure, but I'm going to take Illinois and Purdue in the other two games. I think, I think the two road teams will win there. Uh, Illinois would not – Purdue would shock me. If they can get a win there, that would shock me. Illinois wouldn't because they're good, number one. But number two, they're they're needy. They're needy. They need a win, man. The the reason why I, I'm surprised that you would say it would shock you is because Wisconsin's not that good. Especially well, neither, since I know, they but lost neither Kobe is Purdue. King. I know, but neither is Purdue. Yeah, I, and they're and, and it's just because they're at home. I, I'm not gonna lie. It's just because they're at home. I mean, you've got two teams that are both okay. They're just okay, and so I'm going to take the home team on that in that matchup, and that's the only reason why. Yeah, uh, and that's it. The only other uh, big game uh, outside of that to watch tonight, and I think I will be checking that one out. UK taking on LSU down in uh, down in the Bayou. Man, there's a bunch of great games tonight. You got yeah. Dayton Dayton taking on VCU. That'll that's at VCU. That'll be a great game. I mean, that'll. I'll definitely want to watch that one. That'll be and fun. Dayton, Dayton has struggled at some teams on the road. They've won a lot of close games. They've only lost twice this season. But, man, they have won a lot of close games, which will help them come tournament time. Yeah. But, uh, they, they, well, yeah, they, it's, they, they've been tested. You want to watch a lot of offense? Creighton and Marquette tonight. That'll be, uh, that'll be a high-scoring, up-and-down, a lot of three-pointers going up game. Both of those teams are pretty good and fun to watch. Um, then Baylor and Oklahoma. I mean, Baylor's at. Oh Oklahoma. yeah, that's. I mean, this is like a this is like a little teaser Saturday afternoon for us. Wait a minute, is it Baylor Oklahoma or Baylor Kansas? When's Baylor Kansas? That's Saturday. Saturday, okay. Saturday. Oh, you wow. had Kansas last night uh, with Iowa State, and then you've got Baylor with Oklahoma tonight, and then they play each other Saturday. There's the big matchup. Top five match, top three matchup between those two teams. So looking forward to that. Doesn't man. Kentucky have a big game Saturday too? Well, hell, they got a big game tonight. I mean, LSU's ranked. <laughs> not anymore. They're not. Oh, they're not. They haven't won a game since we did our thing with with Is Christian right? Watford. They haven't won a single game since. Then. <laughs> Is that right? We put the hex on them. 
Oh man, that's funny. Well, man, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for us today. We can't wait. That's oh, wow. What a great show. That was a packed top to bottom. Can't wait till uh, tomorrow. Who's oh yeah. Greg Doyle from the uh, Indianapolis stars going to join us tomorrow. We'll talk of course about the little bit of fear that popped up last week with him and uh, Devonte green people getting a little out of, been out of sorts over that. I thought it was kind of funny, but uh, uh, we'll look forward to talking to him about that. We'll catch up with Matt Weaver from Peaks the, on football side of things for Indiana. See where we are there as well, but uh, plenty to get to, man. It's uh, it's that time of year. It's starting to get jacked up, Todd. Yep. You know, it's, I mean, we knew once it got uh, over the hump in February, it was going to be a bunch of good games almost every night and uh, it's living up to it. Absolutely. Well, we cannot thank you enough because without you guys, we'd be sitting here by ourselves. And that was fun. Uh, appreciate you very much. Thanks a lot to Jake keeping us on the track. Todd Larry, my running mate, and I'm Jim Coyle. Until tomorrow, from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios, I will see you on the radio.